With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I want to say thank you to the Iowa Pork Producers for coming on and being a sponsor of the Hawkeye Nation podcast. The Iowa Pork Industry, including production, processing, and packing, provided more than 141,000 jobs in 2015. That's about the total combined populations of Ames, Ankeny, and Coralville, with nearly 52% in production. And the pork industry contributed over $750 million in state and local taxes in 2015. Iowa, get this, Iowa produces a third of the hogs raised in the United States and is the nation's leader in pork production, and more than 90% of Iowa's hog farms are family-owned. So thank you to the Iowa Pork Farmer. Thank you to the Iowa Pork Consumer. Visit their website at iowapork.org. Pour one more beer for me. Exile means quality. So savagely. Best beer in all the land. Brewed with a loving hand. From bottle, keg, or can. Exile Brewing. E-X-I-L-E. For me. E-X-I-L-E. Let's drink. Crack open a Ruthie today. Enjoy your exile. Ancient Podcast. John Miller along with Steve Dace. Podcast brought to you by... Exile Brewing Company, Heartland Flag Poles and Flags, and the Iowa Pork Producer. Sorry if I sound a little under the weather, Steve. I was out mowing the yard this weekend. Um, pollen's just killing me. Uh, the temperature soared into the 70s, and it's just it's tough. I know I know you know how that is. Were you outside this weekend? No, man. It's been like uh, 30 degrees. No. It's spring, yeah, bro. Was, there was snow. We've had three different days this week where I woke up to... Snow on the ground. It's pretty brutal, actually. Man, spring. That's... Not as not as not as brutal as Maryland Baltimore County's free throw shooting in this game, but yeah, pretty brutal. Did you uh, change your bracket and pick them too? Here we go. It's one one bracket of integrity. You've been with me, Steve, all these years. All these years. We recorded a podcast last Sunday where we made our predictions. And two days later, was it? Or a day later? I can't remember. Hey, uh, is is it okay to change a bracket when somebody gets hurt before the tournament even started and, and you, you know? And I basically said you need to do what you feel is right. And lo and behold, I believe you changed I your did. bracket. I did. That's all right. I just I, I don't explain to me what what is proper about acting on information you know is wrong. What what what's manly about that? Help me to understand that. That that's like, you know, honey, we went on vacation. I thought this was the right way to get to our eventual destination. And and lo and behold, uh, there's a whole bunch of road construction here, 
Um, but I won't change routes to go around the road construction because I told you this was the way we were going to go, even though in ahead of time I could have altered the route and actually got us there sooner, if at all. I, I don't understand what is – this is a unique scenario. I've, I've been doing uh, brackets my, since the ninth grade. I can't recall a scenario where a top team lost a player after all of the games were played in the conference tournaments before the NCAA bracket actually took place. That's why I've never done it before because it's never happened before. And I don't understand what is manly about about going off of incorrect information. I don't under, help help me to understand that. That that's not this wasn't a case of we didn't do our research or anything of that nature. This was um this was new information we were given 3 days before they played the game. Why is it a big deal? I bet you sure, you sound really defensive. You almost sound regretful. Uh, see, I, I, I'm not defensive about it at all. Well, you just talked for 3 minutes I, defending it. Well, I just do that no matter what the question. That's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> so uh, I sound like this because I just blew a fuse here in the man cave at about uh, a midnight last night when a certain shot went in. So forgive my voice, but if wait, 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 were you like following that? Were you fall like following that on your phone because you basically said you turned the channel and you stopped watching? That's another thing. I mean, oh you, your, 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 free, your <laughs> fandom, I do not understand it. I do not get it. Your team's I in the even... NCAA tournament, and you tweet out, oh, sorry, I, I'm not watching this. Uh, uh, I've seen enough of this. It's fate accompli. They're done. Season's over for Michigan. Uh, frankly, I've been flipping channels. Your team's in the hey. NCAA tournament, bro. And you're watching Murder, She Wrote? You, you you tell me. I mean, when Iowa was struggling here on Thursday night, what did you know? What were you doing? Oh, I'm sorry. Never mind. But, exactly. Uh, I wish yeah. I had a team to flip through. Here you've you, got one. A. I don't apologize for being a fan. B. Did I mention A? I don't apologize for being a fan. And C. I never said I turned them off. It's like people can't read. It's like we need to go back to phonics. What I, I it, 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 read what the tweet said. I said I stopped exclusively watching the game. Which means you turned <clears> the channel. So what I did is when there were – it was clear I, – I, I, here's the thing. I really am trying to have more of a perspective as a fan these right. last few years. Right. And because I've, I've said some really dumb things when I've not had perspective. Like two years ago when I thought John Beeline's – uh, tenure at Michigan to run his course, and we may need to. Ooh, a lot of people um, would love to have a beeline. Yeah, and I said I even told somebody on one of the Michigan message boards that if Michigan made, if this team made the Sweet Sixteen, I'd take a pie to the face on camera. And two months later, they made the Sweet Sixteen, so I, I took not one but two pies to the face on camera. And I've got that video still up on my Facebook page. What kind of pie? Okay, it's not so, like a little pie face thing, right? A real pie. What's that? It, what kind no, of pie? pie? Okay, good. It good. was a full whipped cream pie, right to the face. Nice. Uh, two of them, one from Zoe and one from Noah. So I got, 
I took I took two for being for for paying the stupid tax. Okay, so uh, what I did last night is this has been a great season. We've already won a championship, and I, I was really getting disappointed by how flat and terrible they were playing. And, and I'm like, you know, uh, these are great kids, and they've we've had a great season. Only one team wins the tournament. Don't overreact. So just monitor the game. If they start playing harder, turn it back. They start making some shots, go back and forth. But I knew if I sat there and watched every brick, they shot six air balls. I know if I sat there and watched every single one, I was going to lose my poop. Okay, so I, I just needed to turn away for a while to take a break for me. But I, I, I kept track of the game the entire time. I kept turning it back. I was like, no, they're still throwing up bricks, you know. So, I, I never even stopped. I never said I was. I turned the game off. I said I stopped watching it exclusively, and I could not believe. You know what? This, this, I, I'm still on Bill, Bill Mars, my spirit animal. Seriously, screw every single one of you self-appointed Twitterocracy uh, keepers of the flame, watchmen on the wall. Stick it where the sun don't shine. Whether it's sports or politics, I don't care. Stick it where the sun don't shine, um, and uh, uh, and you know don't don't let the door the door hit you where the good Lord split you. That's I, I just the self importance of some of these people, like they decide who's a fan, who's not, uh, who's this and who's that. Seriously, go screw yourselves. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. Yeah. And uh, so I'd like to take a little time here to thank all of you for listening to this each and every week. Steve and I really appreciate it. Um, your support. You keep coming back. Uh, we're glad you're here. And we hope to have you again next week. <laughs> I always get hung out to try this podcast, man. But this is even worse than I thought it was going to be. Well... Gosh. Sometimes, like you say, you keep talking for two minutes, and that rope lets out a little bit more. Um, we'll talk more about boy, like Bobby Brady from my allergies here. Uh, we'll talk more about the uh, NCAA tournament and the Bigger Ten podcast. There's some, a lot to talk about. Uh, let, let's talk a little Iowa Hawkeyes. And, you know, I, I woke up on Sunday morning, and I'm sure you saw this and probably smirked. Um, hey, John doesn't have any idea what he's going to talk about tonight. Let's throw out a Twitter question. That's exactly what I did. And my gosh, people, you are absolutely fantastic. And Steve and I have actually talked about this in recent weeks. We'd like to involve you more in this. Um, it's it's not like a talk radio show where we can take your calls yet. I, I'd actually maybe like to figure out how to do that. But we can take your tweets. So I, I basically asked folks to send in kind of a true-false format. And this was Steve's idea a few weeks ago. Basically... No, see, so you're asking a question, but, you know, uh, the example I gave, true or false, Iowa football will win nine games this season. So, um, and then Steve and I will debate the sides that we, th you know, we're going to say, okay, that's true or that's false and why. So, without further ado, let's start out with the basketball question. This is from Shannon McCuskey. True or false, Fran McCaffrey is responsible for his players playing tentatively. If you want to say that they played tentatively, I would say that this season, and we talked a little bit about this on the last podcast, Steve, I would lean true here. You know, I might use a different word than tentatively. Poorly might be one I would substitute. I think that this season is a lot, and mostly, on Fran McCaffrey. 
Well, I, I definitely think the result of the season is on Fran. I, I'm not sure. As we broke this team down throughout the course of the year, I don't remember us ever using the term tentative. No. Um, you know, I, I, um, I mean, hesitation to play defense would be an upgrade over what they did most of the season where it really wasn't even something they were considering. Like, they weren't, like, wrestling with it. They were just like, hey, you got him? All right, see you on the other end of the court. So, um, but when you're as embedded in the program as you are as a head coach and every player on that roster is a result of you recruiting them, and I've said this for years, I don't care what school or what sport it is, you know, when, when you hear a coach say, well, we didn't have this or we didn't have that, you know, unless you have a year where you just have crazy injuries and it happens to everybody sometimes. But barring that, barring a year where you just have crazy injuries, if, if you didn't have what you needed to compete as a coach, unless you're in your first year, maybe your second, um, although I would say in basketball, really it's after your first year when 40% of the players every year are transferring, that's enough time for you to get a majority of what you want from a personnel standpoint in a program. But when you're as far into, into his tenure as Fran McCaffrey is, this is wholly and solely a creation of your own devising. And so if you didn't have the quickness on the perimeter that, that was required to play defense, if, if you didn't have a distributor that was necessary in order to allow Bohannon to slide over to the two and free him up, uh, to be more of a weapon, uh, you know, shooting the basketball from the outside, that again is your own problem. So I, I would, I don't know that I agree with the word tentative, but I certainly would give him the full responsibility for what happened this season. Uh, true or false? Did Dace violate the sheets of integrity? That's true. Um, true or false? I, I completely disagree with that. It's false. Did you fill out more than one bracket entry? Not more than one no. bracket. No, we no, went. On, I we, just, we, I just we, changed the. I went to the same bracket I had, and I changed. Yeah. You change. Uh, you changed. There you go. I you changed. changed. Virginia. Yes, you have, have, Steve. You have not. changed. Yes, you have. been amazed i've always been amazed listen i i don't know that anybody can get more sanctimonious than me i admit that hell i've made a career out of it but <laughs> I've, never, <laughs> I've never i have never met anybody who on the most trivial points of life can grab a moral high ground beyond unattainable and just grip and just put it in a vice grip to the death the way you can on these trivial points well man. thank you I've never... <laughs> just oh my gosh beautiful who asked that question by the way i i want to hurt them <laughs> that was <laughs> hawkeye chad twelve sixteen. thank you chad for that um true yeah, or... well played yeah true or false and this comes from uh milt bosch um if the iowa football team wins the Big Ten title, Kirk Ferentz rides off into the sunset, and Brian takes over. I would say, if that happened, 
I would lean true, but not entirely as he says it. I wouldn't think Kirk would lean, go off into the sunset. I think that that would be the time where Neil Cornrich, Kirk's agent, I don't know if it's Brian's agent, but I'm guessing there's a decent chance of that, would nego- they would uh, basically get in with Gary Barta and say, Gary, here's what we want to do. And Gary would say, okay, Kirk, uh, you, you got it. Coach and waiting. They, they'd line up coach and waiting, and Kirk would still continue to be the head coach, but the secession plan would be laid out. I would so I say that's mostly true. Uh, it's really foolish for me to disagree with you um, on on such a point because obviously you know the ins and outs of this better than I do. So um, I will concur. You don't would, want to. Though. I would ask. No, it's not that. I, I I just I think there's a couple of things to potentially consider. One is. Um, the NFL, you know, does he have it? Has he, he's put it off for so many years now would, and, and maybe that would con, you know, be construed as riding off into the sunset. Would he say, I mean, he's about, I think about the age Dick Vermeil was when he came out of retirement with the uh, Rams well, back in the day and led yeah. them back to a Super Bowl, Right. He's could, about could, the, could he put, yeah, he's about the age of where Kirk himself quoted over well over a decade ago saying, yeah, you never right. know, Mike, go to the NFL and that. get your butt yeah. shot off. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if folks took a look at some of the candidates that were, you know, bandied about for NFL head coaching jobs this offseason, but, man, pickings are slim, bro, okay? I mean, the pickings are slim. There, there is not a huge, long laundry list of promising assistants. You know, the what we grew up with, with co- big-name college coaches – wanting to go back to the NFL, the amount of money you're making now as a big-name college coach makes the NFL not nearly as attractive. And Plus, unlike Kirk, many of your top college coaches are running systems that they don't necessarily translate to to the NFL, although I think with the Eagles riding an RPO scheme all the way to the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback, you're going to see more of that in, in, in pro football now, too, just like you've seen it take over college football. Uh, but I, I could see that as a scenario. And then the AD situation. Uh, is there a possibility there could be a change there? Um, and I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I I tend to think that if you can survive all the mistakes Gary Bart has made already, including losing your you know uh, losing a, a, a lawsuit on one of the most uh, you know cherished poli- causes of a politically correct campus like the University of Iowa, and you can survive even that, then I, I'm I'm inclined to think that pentagrams under his bed, uh, goat offerings, um, you know, anything short of hashtag me too. I I don't know what Gary Barta could do to lose a job at the university of Iowa. So maybe scratch that. Hell, he might even survive me too at this point. Hell, I don't know. So I, okay. I agree with you then. Never mind. (laughs) From uh, D train, true, false. Noah Fant will be first team all American and go in the first round of the NFL draft. Um, I think that I'd say, gosh, I think he had what, 10 or 11 touchdown receptions this year. Most of any player in the big 10, either tight end or receiver, uh, the Penn state tight end won first team, all big 10. I think fan is in line for first team, all big 10 next year, whether or not that's first team, all American, I don't know. So I would say false because to be true, both of those things would happen, but I think he gets one of them. 
Um, I think uh, both of those are difficult to pull off uh, because, A, of the position you're in. Um, and, and sometimes you don't really know. When you look at Gasecki, I mean, we, we kind of knew he was a good athlete. And, you know, with his size, he had the jump ball ability. But did you see him running a four-five-one at the NFL Combine? Did you think he was that kind of an athlete? It's faster than Akram Wadley. Yeah, I just—I mean, I don't know that we've ever had a tight end in our league perform, and and we have a league that produces a lot of tight ends. And I, I can't recall a tight end in our league that tested the way he did at the Combine a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, and he wasn't even first-team All-American. And he, yeah, and he wasn't even first-team All-American. So, I, I think the odds are in favor of this one being false just yeah. when you if, if you're gonna just play the odds right right the black and gold unites us all but then what kevin the flag guy from heartland flags here if you're listening to this podcast you bleed black and gold but what comes after the hawks for me it's the cincinnati reds and cincinnati Bengals. nope can't explain it what about you packers and wizards pelicans and sharks NASCAR and the Jags, Bulls, Bucks, and Chargers, whatever flag you want, we've got it. Jump online to heartlandflags.com and shop our huge inventory of sports teams' flags. You won't find a better selection or better prices anywhere, guaranteed. And to top it off, free shipping on all purchases at heartlandflags.com. Oh, and that Iowa flag you've been flying since the Hawks last went to the Orange Bowl? Time to step up and freshen up with a new design. Check out our Hawkeye selection when you're shopping for your other favorite team flags at Heartland flags.com where you'll never pay for shipping from andrew brandenburg true false at least one of iowa's running backs this coming season will rush for at least 1,000 yards uh i'll say true i think, I think torin young gets there well i mean it's it's a pretty regular occurrence for iowa now um, uh, how about that no well, the guy that went to Stony Brook. Well, just go back the that last was, ten years. That was Coker in two thousand and ten. All right, and then before him, you had uh, the guy who won the Doak Walker, played for the Sean Jets. Green. Am I thinking? All right, so Albert I'm Young. Just, I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to go in the last ten years. We're not going to like go back to the eighties. Albert so Young and Fred Russell. You didn't have okay, it in two thousand. So. You didn't have it in two thousand and four because you had Marcus Schnoor, White Chocolate, out there rocking the mic. Well, now we're going back more than ten years. So let's All just right. go from. Let's just go from the guy that won the Doak okay. Walker, which was about 10 years Sean ago. Sean Green, 2008, yes. Okay, Lamar, are you making Lamarcus Coker? That's another one, Marcus, right? Marcus Coker was 2010. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Akron Wadley this past year. I don't year. think Adam okay. Robinson, did Adam Robinson get to 1,000? I don't know. I don't think so. Actually, I think he might have. Did he not have to look that up? Uh, Wadley this year and last year, right? LaShawn Daniels as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a pretty regular occurrence. Right. So I'm going to say true. And we're forgetting somebody in there, too. I know we are. Are we forgetting um, uh, the guy the, on the end, the guy who um, nobody rushed on the undefeated team that got hurt a few, few games late in the year after a great start and then still finished with a thousand yards? Who am I thinking of? Oh, oh, on the 12 and 0 team on the 12. Well, see, I, I'm way better at remembering things that happened from a long time ago. I, I know. I, you know what that, that I've noticed the further I get into my forties, the better.
remember what happened in 1987 than 2016. I noticed that. Yeah. I mean, LaShawn Daniels weird. had a thousand, but I don't think, I don't think he was. This is just incredible. But there's the, there's the, there's the kid from your 2015 undefeated team, got off to the tremendous start, then got hurt for a few weeks, and still finished. Jordan Kianzeri. Yes, that's what I'm thinking of right there. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So it is a pretty regular. It is a pretty regular right. occurrence. Right. So I'm going to say true. Yeah. You know what? You know what's not a regular occurrence? Iowa having two thousand yard rushers. Maybe that's where I was hung up. Well, that's not a regular occurrence in college football at all. <laughs> true, false. Iowa. This is, comes from Jason uh, Gufka. Iowa football will play in a New Year's Bowl next year. I mean, there's so many marginal New Year's Bowl games. I'm going to say false. I'm leaning eight and four, nine and three. And nine and three probably gets you there anymore, though. Yeah, and, and I don't even know that we have the bowl schedule even ironed out yet. Right. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah, so I'm feeling holiday uh, bullish next year for Iowa. You know what, man? I'll I'll go true, just on the basis that the the bowl a lot the bowl rotisserie failed them this year. The odds, maybe the odds are you, right. it, it cuts you a break next year. Who knows? True. Fall. I also think it's. I also think it's possible we could have a year like what we saw in 2016, with a Big Ten team in the playoff and three others uh, mm-hmm. in those New Year's Six games. Yeah, and if you, that happens, of course, everybody moves up. Yeah. Yep. True. False. Tyler Cook will still play for Iowa next year. True. This is from Jack. I agree. Jack Bacon. True. Um, By the way, his brother just was killing it for Providence down the down the stretch, man. Dude, you see that dude from Providence? He, looks exactly he does. Like re- him. He does resemble him for sure. He does. He has like more of a kid and play high fade going though, right? Yeah, but I mean, facial. They could be twin brothers. It's yeah. so weird. Yeah. A couple like this um, from Drew Hunt, Jason Gufka, and others. True false. Spencer Lee, Steve, who is Iowa's uh, wrestler at 125 pounds, will be a four-time NCAA champion. I'm going to say false because there's only been four of those ever in the history of the NCAA. Only four four-time NCAA champions. But Lee, who pulled the red shirt off in the middle of the season, true freshman, scored 27 individual points at the recently concluded NCAA meet. He tied for that's enough points to tie for twentieth in the team scoring with North Carolina and more than five other Big Ten teams and Iowa State only scored three. He had two eighteen to zero tech falls, two pins, and then won the national championship basically. It was like what five nothing late in that one. He should have won the most outstanding wrestler award. That should not have gone to gosh, I can't remember the Penn State guy who got it. That that that's a, that's a far, twenty-seven points far and away the most points anybody scored, and he was freaking dominant. I've had so many Iowa longtime Iowa wrestling fans tweet at me saying that's the most dominant performance they've ever seen by any wrestler at the tournament. I think he was like what six? He scored sixty-one and, and, and allowed five. Just incredible. The guy that he beat in the championship round had not allowed a takedown the entire tournament. The guy was 159-0 at the high school level, and he was 25-0 this year. He hadn't lost in his life since maybe you know before high school. And Lee just crushed him. So he's good enough to win four times. It's just very difficult because of injuries, etc. So I'm going to say false. Steve, what do you think about that? I was going to pretty much second whatever answer you gave. Um, 
But I know enough to know what dominance sounds like, and it sounds an awful lot like what you just described. <laughs> yeah, so dude. I will say true. I think you would have enjoyed watching um, some of that. True, false. Brian Ferentz is the next football coach at the University of Iowa. This is from Ryan Mosher. I'm going to lead true. Well, I think this question comes down to the question. Uh, I, I think you have an athletic director that if there's been one common strain in his decision-making, it's been to uh, take the path of least resistance um, and to set himself up to avoid having to make difficult decisions later on, which is why I like the scenario that you painted earlier that if, if Iowa has another uh, hang-a-banner season, I, I could see that being a, a moment that Gary Barta steps in right then and there and uh, does the whole coach and waiting thing. Although that trend was hot for a while in football and basketball, but it really hasn't worked out. Yeah, it's you know burned I mean? a lot of people. The Chiz. Yeah, yep. and Jim Beheim, you know, had a coach in waiting, and that guy got sick of waiting, so he moved to Washington. And what happened with Will Muschamp? And, uh, you know, it, it, was, it worked in the late 90s, early 2000s, like Heathcote and Izzo, et cetera. But, uh, that Too much money not- now. Yes, and there's too much. You're right. The, the amount of money to be made at all these Power Five jobs, although if we're going to start paying assistance too many a year now, like they are at LSU right, or right. other places, maybe we'll see more of that. But um, I, I think that uh, the odds are far greater of that being true because I also think maybe Gary Barta's standards for what a banner season looks like might be different than the, the majority of Iowa fans, as in a lot lower. Right, right, right. Um, true, false, Iowa will finish in the top two in the Big Ten West next season. If you allow me to say they will tie, if they, if they have to be outright second, I'll say false, but I think that they can tie for it. Um, so I'll just say false. Well... Uh, of course, we're saying Wisconsin's on their own. For sure. Minnesota, uh, Shannon Brooks is gone for the year. So, I mean, he was their best running back. He just got hurt non-contact in winter conditioning. You know what that means. That's never a good sign. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, he won't play this year. And they're bringing in Victor Viramontes, which who is considered maybe the best junior college quarterback in the country. But I think the kid that was starting uh, before also left. So I, I wonder about their depth. Um, Illinois is a non-factor. Uh, Purdue, Purdue isn't bringing back as much as people think. But, uh, I mean, they are bringing – and they've got a quarterback, the Sindelar kid, who was really good at the very end of the season and played the bowl game on a torn ACL. We haven't heard an update on him. Uh, but I really think Jeff Brom is a good coach. I, I like what he's doing there in terms of building an identity for their football program again. But um, yeah, they've got it. Their schedule is interesting. I mean, the very first game out of the shoot, Northwestern at Purdue, that first Thursday night in August. There's a lot, I think, riding on that game. And speaking of Northwestern, you lose leading rusher in school history, who's really been their offense for the last three years, basically, uh, who also, you know, we didn't. You got the sense that he was kind of a Northwestern, 
self-made player. He tested pretty well at the NFL Combine, actually. I mean, he, he wasn't Saquon Barkley or anything, but um, I, I was impressed with his. He, there was much more God-given uh, talent and ability there than maybe we were led to believe. But um, you have Clayton Thorson and his injury, and you know, obviously he's not playing in the spring. And we have seen in the past with Northwestern that that is a different program when the quarterback is not a threat to run the football. We have just seen this repeatedly because they just don't have the talent at receiver and, and some of those other positions that are, you know, when was the last time we, we talked about how we just got through talking about how many great tight ends or, or serviceable or quality tight ends. And I always had a lot to do with that. Our league is put in the NFL name one from Northwestern ever. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, when, when you don't put a, I don't have, they put it, you know, they had the one kid who was a great receiver for him, you know, two years ago. Right. Other than that, you got to go back to, like, Dwayne Bates in the 90s, okay? So they don't put receivers in the NFL. They don't put tight ends in the NFL. And that just goes to show you that 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 that, that team is the most quarterback-reliant program in our league. If the quarterback cannot be a multiple, a dual threat, they're a very pedestrian program. And I have no idea coming off a serious knee injury that he suffered in a bowl game at the end of December. And if Clay, and let let and let's say he's he's perfectly fine by mid to late October. Well, by then, for example, they already played that game against Purdue, the very first game of the year. And I and I think after Wisconsin, it gets so jumbled amongst the rest of those teams. That's why I thought you asked a key question about do, do ties count? So uh, you even talked about Nebraska. And I, because we don't, I don't, I have no idea what to think. That's what scares they me don't about have, them. I, I know I, they don't have a roster built to run that stuff. They they just don't. And I've watched a lot of Central Florida the last two years, and um, uh, they ju- I, I watched a lot early last in 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 2016 because we played them, and then I watched a lot of them throughout 2017 because they ran the table and they played it especially late in the year. The two games they played late in the year, uh, you know, against South Florida and Middle Tennessee were two of the best football games I saw all season. Uh, I, they, they don't have, if you watch Nebraska play against Iowa, they don't have the players to run the system he wants to run. In many respects, it reminds me a lot of Rich Rod taking over at Michigan with one major difference. He has administrative support that Rich Rod never had. But I, I do wonder about their personnel. So I think they're a huge wild card. So, and forgive me for my link, but we're sitting here in the middle of March, and so I need to talk this out. I'm going to say true. I think the odds are, are better that they will finish second or in a tie for second than not, given the state of the rest of the, of the, the non-Wisconsin teams in that division right now, John. Yeah, you just said something I don't think any man alive ever said. And- think about it and you'll figure it out matt caligari thank you for that question appreciate that um let's move up on the list here true or false iowa men's basketball will have at least two transfers i want to say true okay let's okay two players that were on this year's roster who won't be next year so either grad transfer or regular transfer i'll say true i'll defer to you here you would know this better than me um, you see the University of Pittsburgh, man. Their entire roster's bolting. Did you see that? I did. Um, then again, they also went winless in the ACC, so I don't know if you want any of those guys or not. But Kevin Stallings, man. 
Jeez. Um, I think that's Gary Barter wanted to hire him. He almost was the Michigan basketball coach. Yeah, he's almost been a lot of coaches. He, that's who Michigan probably would have hired if John Beeline had said no. I can't remember. I, I think Stallings, that was when Iowa was looking to hire McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, moving along here. True or false, Akron Wiley's departure will be as devastating to the football team as Jocks was to the basketball team. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know that I'd call Jock's departure devastating to the basketball team. I, I just think it had a lot more to do with a lot of things. It certainly didn't help. Bohannon was more of a marked man. I'm going to say false because I just don't think that's going to be the nature of things with the Iowa football program and how their offense is constructed. He, he certainly, though, well, I don't like the word devastating. But when as, as I sit here and talk this out, as you said, uh, pardon me for the length. Um, I, I just, he, the Iowa Michigan game two years ago, if you didn't have Akram Wadley, you don't win that game. And there's just times where Iowa could go to him and he basically gave him a chance to, to win the game and make plays that no other Iowa players made since Ronnie Harmon. Well, I'm not going to go long with extends on this answer, but, um, I get the questioner, I, and I like the analogy. Of, and you just made a Ronnie Harmon comparison, but you know, of a, of a next level athletic talent, and that next level of ability gives you a margin for error. Uh, so I get the analogy that the que- the the person who sent in the question, I get what they're going for. The problem, the difference is a glaring weakness in basketball when there's five guys on the court. It, it's really you really have to compensate for that <clears throat> this time of year as you're building your roster. It, it's very difficult to compensate for that once we start playing. Um, and that doesn't mean teams don't get better, and they, we see that every year. But that's development. That's not compensating for a glaring weakness in football when there's eleven guys on the on the on the field at once it is much easier to scheme around your weaknesses. And then when you just go up against a team whose level of talent is superior to yours, there, there's not a scheme that can get around it, and you take your medicine, like you know the Rose Bowl against Stanford, for example. So I, I, I think the, que- the answer to the question is false, although I, I appreciate the question. I get where he's going with that, and I think that's a recognition of what Akron Wadley provided for Iowa. But Iowa now has an entire offseason – to construct an offense around the reality that they don't have that next level talent. And I think that you, there's an ability just to do that in football because of the way the sport is, is structured. You just don't have available to you in basketball. That question came to us from Eldon Whetstone. And that's a good place to stop because there are, you know, let's do one more because I think there's enough here to, to do, gosh, another 30-minute segment next week. So that was like manna from heaven. But let's go to Colton Smith, who self-identifies right away as an Iowa State fan, but he's not trolling when he says this. Of course not. No, I, I don't think that he was. Oh, okay. Uh, You're being uh, No, I'm being, I'm being dead serious. Um, Iowa football will lose to Iowa State next year. True or false? If the game were in Ames, I would say true. I really like what their coaches Matt Campbell's doing there. I love his energy, the the energy the staff has. 
And no, folks, just because you say nice things about Iowa State doesn't mean you're criticizing Iowa, okay? They've got some good things going on there. And one of my best friends from my time living in West Des Moines, his son's a commitment there. And I've gotten to chat with him a little bit about, you know, the Iowa State coaches and their philosophy. And they've just got a lot of positive momentum going on there. I think they're going to have a good team going there as well. So... I'm going to say false, but only because it's in Iowa. If it were in Iowa State, I'd say true. Well, you know, it's funny. I think we were just talking about Akram Wadley, and I think Iowa State has that kind of player in David Montgomery. No question. That that gives you a margin for error. And, um, you know, Iowa State got huge news in Kyle Kemp being granted a sixth year. I think when uh, Bill Conley of uh, Nation put out his returning production numbers in January, mm-hmm. that news had not – come out yet and so i think iowa state was like 90th or 95th i thought nationally i saw in returning production and when you're when you're a full-blown second level developmental program like iowa state that's just an incredible amount of production for even uh, you know a, 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 a and i would say iowa is an upper level developmental program i'd say wisconsin's an elite level developmental right, program sure and 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 though that's a tough number to overcome let alone when you're on a second level um but now they've got him coming back so i think that provides them a steadying force i think that you know in joel lanning they have uh, they had a guy that was a once in a generation kind of iowa high school story in terms of what he provided on and off the field and multiple positions, they got to compensate for that. I, the, the losing the offensive coordinator thing is very mysterious to me. I, I don't know. I've ever heard in my life of a guy who left power five OC job to be a tight ends coach. All right. The only time I, except there's one time that that happened one time, actually he wasn't a tight ends coach. It was offensive line coach. And it was uh, Steve, uh, uh, who is a great offensive coordinator for Coach McCarney. And I'm trying to remember Steve's last name now because, again, I'm getting old and I can't remember things as well as I used to. But he left to go be the uh, offensive offensive line coach for the Minnesota Vikings. I, I have never heard of a Power 5 offensive coordinator leaving to be the tight ends coach in the NFL. That, that's like – that is that is like uh, I'm – I left – to go be the right fielder I, I, that doesn't make any sense to me i i don't i don't get that career move i don't I, something about it doesn't just I, I said this at the time i thought it was fishy at the time i thought i, I so i i question that i do I, I just know why someone would voluntarily do that that's clearly not a step up whatsoever uh, so i'm a little bit concerned about that um you know the game is at kinnick so right away, I'd give the advantage just strictly for that. I also think when you're dealing with a coach as good as Matt Campbell and you've already um, you've already beaten him twice in a row, uh, you know the odds just it's I, I used to, I remember Hayden Fry saying this towards the end of the 15 game winning streak. Every year we beat them, just increases the odds that sooner or later they're going to get one of them. Okay, well when you keep if you beat a coach as good as Matt Campbell is twice in a row. The odds are every ensuing year that eventually he's just gonna he's gonna he's gonna get you one of those times. But I, I want to see more of how Iowa State's offense develops. 
given that change before I make a call on that game. Again, that was from Colton Smith. We'll, we'll stop it right there. We'll pick more of these up again next week as well. And that'll do it for this installment of the HN Podcast. Still a Bigger 10 podcast to come this week. For Steve, I'm John. We'll talk to you soon.